Hey and welcome to Here If You Need. I'm Jennifer and I'll be joined by my BFF Amy. And we're here if you need to talk through the stuff that as women we're told not to talk about. Hello, hello. <laughs> Um, I don't know why I laughed then, but I am here today, uh, just me. Uh, unfortunately, Amy can't join us today, but I'm really excited to bring you our first ever interview series on self-love, body image, and confidence. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to be interviewing a number of absolutely incredible women whose stories have not only inspired me, but whose stories I feel need to be shared so that we can open a much needed dialogue on what it really means to love yourself in a world that's constantly telling you that you can't. Our first guest is the beautiful Kate Wosley. And I'm, I'm sure most of you would be familiar with Kate after she rose to fame from a viral photo with her friend that launched the Anybody Co Instagram account, which then propelled her to international fame uh, shooting for Sports Illustrated. And now she's back in Australia taking over not just the fashion but influencer space with her body positive messages, which I personally think are so important for Australia to hear because I think Australia is such like a health-focused country um, and Kate's messages are all about uh, pushing the message that you can really be healthy at any size and love your body at any size. So her content ranges from like, you know, fashion to fitness to beauty. I just think it's it's really important to highlight that you can literally be healthy at any size. So yeah, welcome to the podcast, Kate. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much. That was such a beautiful introduction. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. So I think like, obviously, the interview series that I'm, I'm going to be doing is based around like, how we all got to a point of confidence with our bodies. And I think one of the things that I wanted to highlight is that every single woman that I'm going to be interviewing has a different body shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you have done a lot of those, like not like comparison before and afters of, of like a weight loss, but it's kind of like the reverse before and after. Yeah, from pain. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about your journey to self-love and body confidence? Oh, it's oh, the best way I can describe my journey is, you know, that meme where it's like a um, graph and it's like, this is a straight line to success. And then there's like what you think success would be and it's a perfect straight line going upwards and it's like what success is actually like and it's just like someone scribbled on the page. Do you know that? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I know that one. That is the best way I can describe it because I still have days and you know what, to be totally transparent right now, even months during quarantine where I do struggle with my eating habits and I do struggle with my body image and I do struggle with just, you know, thinking I'm not worth anything um so it definitely hasn't been a destination that I've reached and just stayed there if that makes sense Um, yeah uh, journey all started I think when I was in high school and just you know when you get to that age and you start being interested in boys and you just you know you care what other people think about you and all the other girls in my year were kind of starting to go to the gym and they were starting to diet and they were on diet shakes. And these were all girls that were 
you know, like a size eight and here's me like size 16, never really been insecure, never really cared about what people thought of my body. And suddenly all of this is going on around me. I'm starting to care what boys think of me and I'm starting to think, okay, well, these girls are size eight, they're dieting and they're the ones getting attention from boys. Here's me at a size 16, you know, like now this is what I've got to do. Um, yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's probably something that everyone feels at some point in their life. Um, so I started dieting and got really sick and really obsessed with it um, and became really, really unhealthy. And the thing is, I was getting complimented all the time on my weight loss and how healthy and fit I was when really I was so, so far into this eating disorder. And you know, my self-esteem was terrible and I was absolutely obsessed and I wasn't eating enough and I was so unhealthy. But by, you know, the beauty standards, I looked like the healthiest, most fit person in the world. So I was getting congratulated by everyone. And I think that also still happens now and it still plays a real part in why people get obsessed. And Yeah, like I can, I can relate to that like 100%. Yeah. When I was at high school, I remember we like I was always really active in high school but we would have like eating competitions and Mm -hmm. then we would like drink so much water that we like I don't even know if I should be sharing this like this is so like this is really hash like hashing out so much trauma and possibly very triggering for some people but yeah like we'd drink so much water that we'd be so full that we'd then have to throw up all of our food and I remember like those fat blaster tablets that you could just Um. buy in the supermarket because they would like like, expand in your stomach yeah yeah and so I'd eat so many of them and just like not have lunch yeah and then I I got really big into like the party scene and I was in like 15 or 16 but I was getting all of this attention because I had this desirable body shape but Mm -hmm. I was so unhealthy and so like mentally unhealthy as well like I was not a happy person I had such low self-esteem but it was the body that society said, you know, was That's the it. good body. You're the picture of health. You must be healthy because you're skinny. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, oh, those fat blaster tablets. That's just got me shook. I know. <laughs> like, I can't believe they, they were even allowed to sell them. I think they still exist too, which is really bad. I wouldn't be surprised if they still exist. I, as soon as you said that about the water, I just remember Googling I can still picture the woman, don't know her name, I can still picture the woman that um, I was watching on YouTube saying, I drink a litre and a half of water before every meal so I don't physically have the room to eat too much. And, like, I took that as, you know, that was, like, my Bible. Yeah, like... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's so, like... That's the thing. I think so many people equate an eating disorder as something that's visible. Like, when I think of eating disorder, I think of the images that I would stick up, you know, in my locker or like in my room as like, I guess, inspo of like Mary-Kate and Ashley and and that like physical protrusion of bones, like that you can actually see the the illness, Mm -hmm. but there's so much depth to eating disorders and like body dysmorphia and body dissatisfaction that isn't visible. And people, I guess, don't understand what people are going through just by yeah. looking at them. And that's why I think like BMI is bullshit. Like 
commenting on people's weight is bullshit. Like, yeah. ugh, it makes me mad. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And I I love that you brought that up, that um, you feel like or people think if someone has an eating disorder, they should be able to see it. And that's definitely a narrative that I've played into, like we just mentioned before with my um, essentially uh, – for lack of a better word, before and after photos. When I was going through all of that crap with my eating, I was really thin. Um, And that, you know, is something that I guess, yeah, you can, you put a visual to the eating disorder. But now, you know, I'm a size 16 to 18 and I still have, you know, I still battle with binge eating and I still battle with really low self-esteem and my anxiety around food Mm -hmm. during this quarantine period has been off the charts but you'd look at me and you wouldn't think oh she doesn't eat you know she goes some days without eating she goes some days where she only eats 800 calories because she's scared to put on weight like you wouldn't think that because I'm a size 18 but I think what people don't realize is that eating disorders are a mental illness. Yep. They're not physical. Yeah. So you can't really judge by looking at someone what they're going through. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, for me, that's been highlighted. There's a lot of conversation about that now since Chadwick Boseman's passing and how, you know, yep. he dropped so much weight because he was, yeah. you know, he had cancer and people were commenting yeah. and, and really attacking him online because of the way that he looked and you just don't know what people are going through but I think too in quarantine and I I think I was listening to I was listening to like the shameless podcast with um Jamila Mm -hmm. Jamil and she said I haven't listened to that episode yet but god I need to so good but um yeah I need Jamila was saying that because we've had like the whole rhetoric of summer body taken away because we we can't go to the beach like we can't prepare our summer bod you know through diets and and that preparation it it manifested into quarantine body and the quarantine 15 and so all of these like influences that I've I've had to mute so many people um and I've actually unfollowed a whole lot because they've made me feel so insecure about my body and I thought I was fine and then suddenly everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to put on that quarantine 15. And I'm like, who the fuck cares? Who's going to see you anyway? Mm-hmm. And like, it's a I pandemic. Know, it's it's not just yeah. like, you're not just sitting at home chilling because you, you, you're not doing anything. You're lazy. Like, you, oh my God. It, there's just so much wrong with that narrative. And uh, absolutely, yeah, I, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. Like, I feel like there's so much. I just, I don't want to hate either like I don't want to just be sitting here bitching about people <laughs> sometimes I know it's like, that's what it seems to turn into doesn't yeah. it because there is so much emotion behind it and I feel like that's the easiest way to kind of get it out yeah um I feel you with the whole having to unfollow people and mute people I've done the same things and I've I've almost found myself feeling a bit disappointed in some people yeah even though you know they're, they're totally they can do whatever they want do you know what I mean but I think I even find myself, I've put this like, you know, I've I've kind of created what I think people should be like. Yeah. And then when they're not, I feel that disappointment. Um, but at the same time, like you have to do what's right for you. So if you need to unfollow people like both of us have, then that's what you got to do. You know, I don't think there's really any shame in that. No. Well, I think like that's a good 
point to move on, you know, besides quarantine, I think, you know, curating a feed that inspires you and uplifts you is one of the biggest um, factors for me in continuing like yeah. my, my body confidence. And, and yeah. if there's ever like an account that I end up feeling comparison with, I find as well, especially when I start comparing my body to someone else's, um, I'm like, Oop, unfollow or mute just for a while. Just, and, and I've started yeah. to do that a lot. I've been having a lot of insecurity with my body, um, especially within the plus size model space. And I feel like we can openly discuss this because you're also a model um, with yeah. surgery and a lot of plus size models, yeah. you know, not openly disclosing the fact that they've had surgery, trying to pass yeah. it off you know, a la Kardashian um, and say it's genetics or it's just diet and exercise or like waist trainers and shit. And (laughs) I know that, you know, some, some women can see through that for the bullshit that it is, but so many don't. (laughs) No, I know. I, yes, I absolutely know what you're saying. Um, I think that's, I, I, I'm constantly in two minds about this because I feel like you are entitled to do whatever you want with your body. Yeah. yeah. But then where I take issue with it is that if you, let's just say, I don't know, you get liposuction or something. And then you say, I, I lost this by going to the gym or I lost this by eating well. And you kind of put that onto other people was in like, I've achieved this so quickly by working out. I think that's where it gets dangerous because that's when people try to kind of like mimic what you've done. And then if they don't get the results, well, I think that's actually the whole, the whole problem with the whole weight loss industry, to be honest. But um, where I take issue with that is, you know, if someone has got lipo and then they're passing it off as, Oh, I just wore this waist trainer 24 hours a day and, you know, never took it off or they kind of use it to sell something or then where it does, if I'm being totally honest, where it annoys me is when people get something done and then they say, love yourself just how you are. Yeah. And it's like, but, but you're not. Yeah. And so that's that's where I'm in one mind where I'm annoyed by it. But then on the other hand, I'm like, you want to do something for your body, then, then do it. It's your body. I can't tell anyone what they can and can't do. Yeah. Complex issue. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so complex. But I think, I think that's like a huge uh, discussion point, especially within like the body positivity space, because I do think, you know, we have as women been given the worst kind of beauty standards to try and like fit into. So, you know, surgery and altering your body is just another element of this like patriarchal beauty standard that we have to Mm -hmm. kind of adhere to almost and so in what sense ever like is it ever possible for body positivity and surgery to like coexist like can they coexist together because you know like you said love yourself as you are but if you're changing that part of yourself is that loving yourself in all your entirety Mm -hmm. or have you like just I don't I don't want to say sold out but it it kind of is, but then we can't yeah. fault other women for doing that because it's not like it's because of these beauty standards that women are feeling the need How to do it. Up. Yeah. yeah. So why would you know why wouldn't you feel insecure about yourself? Yeah. 
And why wouldn't, you know, if you've got the option to do something to make yourself feel great about yourself, why wouldn't you take it? Yeah. Which is where I'm kind of like, I I get why people get things done and I I would never shame anyone for it. Um, I just think the question is like, like, why are you doing it? You know, are you doing it for someone else or are you doing it for you? And that's where I think I always come back to because, you know, I, I'm always having that internal um, conflict with myself where I'm like, do I agree with it? Don't I? But I always come back to that as why are you doing it? Yeah. Are you doing this to please someone else? Are you doing this to reach a standard of beauty? Or are you doing this because you genuinely genuinely want to yeah um but I I do I do get what you're saying and then you know on the flip side of that I'm like of course not like if you're telling other people to love love themselves how they are like how can you then like how hypocritical yeah um but uh, I get it though like I understand like I'm I would be lying if I said I'd never you know I had two friends that got the gastric sleeve surgery and I would be lying if I said that I wasn't tempted as well because I just thought how easy like how much easier would life be if I was thinner yeah you know well I I have a story that I've I've not told anyone really like my close friends Mm -hmm. know but you know I feel like I feel like I'm ready to share so I actually when I first moved to New York it was just it was probably this time last year just before New York Fashion Week in September I yep. was feeling very, very insecure about my body. I just moved country. So I was very, yep. very ungrounded. I was not in a good headspace. Mm-hmm. And change. yeah, like I just, I wanted to, I guess, have some control over my body and I was exercising and I just saw all of these women around me, especially in New York that had, that had these like incredible plus sized modeling bodies, you know, they were yep. toned in all the right places, flat in all the right places, curvy in the right places. Yeah. And I was just like, yep. oh my gosh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work. Like I need to have How that kind of a body. And so. That's, sorry to interrupt. I just, I want to touch on later, like how there's still, we're trying to be so con- like um, inclusive in the plus size space, yet there's still a mold to fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I booked in, I had a consultation with a cool sculpting clinic um, yep. And I paid a deposit, paid $500 deposit for my cool sculpting because I wanted to get rid of my tummy and yep. something didn't feel right about it. I was like, I, I, like, I'm not doing this because I really deep down want to, and it's not going to fix my insecurities. Like it's, it's yep. going to temporarily fix them probably, but it'll probably mm-hmm. manifest into something else. And my friend at the time was like, Jen, what are you doing? This is so not you. Like, like, look at yourself. She literally had to like shake me. She was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is, this is everything. Yeah. Like for me okay. personally, it was everything that I like got like going against everything I stood for. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, oh no, 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 no. This is a mistake. And I canceled my appointment. And mm-hmm. then like half an hour later, I got a call from my agent saying that I just booked Christian Siriano at New York Fashion Week. And I was like, if that is not a sign, like is, if that is not a sign that I need to Absolutely. just like chill and like <laughs> just love my Absolutely. body as it is, then I don't know what is. And yeah. I'm really excited. Like I obviously I can't say what I've booked that's coming out very soon, but I oh, am I so wait. excited because this body the one that I was like insecure about and wanted to change has booked me something that bodies like mine never get seen in, you know, 
as so I'm just like I'm so excited and and I just think that that is the real testament to me that I have pushed through those insecurities and I've broken through like obviously I still do think and I I still do think I have quite a an acceptable uh like plus size body and I wouldn't even call my my body a plus size body because I'm a US 12 to 14 and that's like an Australian 16 so I'm still pretty main mainstream I'm curved yeah but I'm I'm not plus size but I think the fact that I do have my stomach and I don't have abs (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. like I know that I'm physically fit like I know I'm, I'm like so strong um I feel like that's relatable and that, you know, I kind of don't have that traditional flat stomach. Like I do actually have rolls when I sit down and I'm not trying to make them by contorting my body. Like, yeah. And I think there is (laughs) such little little rolls of skin. Yeah. (laughs) I I do think that, you know, like you said earlier, there is a standard um, plus size, like curve, you know, it still has to be hourglass. Totally. And I'm so glad that you, you know, you kind of, is it offensive if I say you came to your senses about it? Um, But, you know, I'm happy that you decided you didn't need to change yourself because then I feel like we are, if we do change ourselves, we are playing into that stereotype of still being perfect. Like, yes, bigger, but still perfect. Curves in the right places. That's still not a reflection of real life. And like you said, you've just booked this um, big campaign or whatever that's coming out soon and you've done it you know in your natural normal body yeah like and that's so exciting it's so exciting like I'm so excited and I can't wait to to tell everyone but I can't <laughs> but yeah I think that's like the biggest conversation that I have amongst my other like plus friends is that they they still don't see visibility especially if they're bigger like if if you're over a size 18 there's like Mm -hmm. hardly any visibility of of bigger bodies any absolutely and yeah I just I don't see and I never have seen the point of using plus size models if you're still going to photoshop them into a perfect hourglass no cellulite no stretch marks no rolls no nothing yeah it's like, what's the point? Like, I remember I did a um, I did a cover for Women's Health and Fitness. Yeah. And I was so excited because I was like, oh, my God, plus-size body on the front of a health and fitness mag. Like, this yeah, is amazing. It's incredible. And when I saw the image, Jen, I looked like a balloon animal. Like, I looked like a fucking dolphin. I was so smooth and just like... I was like mortified and I never posted it on my socials because I was just like, I was just like embarrassed of it. I was like, that looks so stupid. I'm so smooth and like, oh, it just didn't look like me. And that's so shit. Like it's happened to, it's happened to another friend of mine. And, and I think, you know, it is that kind of fashion Nova effect of that un- realistic proportion of like the really tiny waist the big boobs and the big butt which some women do have but the models and I I don't want to I'm I'm trying to be really careful because I don't want to be body shaming and I feel like by me 
almost having this argument, like I'm frustrated, but I don't ever want to put these women's bodies down because they're still bodies and, and they're still also worthy of, of having that representation and, and being visible as well. But it just does set a really dangerous Absolutely. precedent if that yeah. is then what we're going to, like like For literally the, the image that my friend showed yeah. me, they gave her boobs and hips like oh, and like guys. smoothed her thighs to the point like and yeah. she she's she posts on her Instagram all the time her natural body like she's got cellulite yeah. and like you know her boobs her boobs are there but they're not they weren't as big as they were made yeah. into and it's just like stop oh, <laughs> stop it <laughs> I, know. I know and it's hard like because you know, I think I did a post about Adele's weight loss yeah. and I just kind of thought, you know, my initial thought was disappointment. But then I was like, I can't, I can't feel disappointment because she's entitled to do what she wants with her body. But those initial feelings were disappointment. And people were saying, you know, you can't like discuss other people's bodies. And I'm like, but you have to in order to like, move forward with things and process things does yeah. that make sense like you said you don't want to body shame women because they do need this rep but everyone needs their representation but I think when the narrative becomes that's the only body that you're seeing and this is now the goal body I think that's when it becomes you know potentially harmful to people and that is something that does need to be discussed otherwise people are suffering in silence yeah and I think it was just the way that the tabloids glorified her weight loss I think that's why there was so much discussion about that diet or something yeah and it's like that's not okay and that is something that needs to be discussed because you know people follow that shit yeah it it just it makes it really hard though because I do think that having like big profiles on the internet people do kind of well not the big profiles but the people with the little profiles forget their manners sometimes when talking to um larger profiles on the internet they forget that you know we're human beings behind these profiles and you know commenting on someone's weight like I got it a little bit recently because I have lost some weight um and it was actually extremely triggering for me because I don't want to be losing weight and the reason that I I guess have dropped so much weight is because I've been incredibly stressed and I was um like I was really unhealthy um, from all of the travel mm-hmm. that I'd been doing all around the world. Like like last year I was on a plane like every week and I think I flew back to Australia like three times in a month. Like yeah. it was it was so bad on my body and, and my body started to take a toll from that. Um, and then really? to get the, the DMs like, I used to like you but you've lost so much weight or the opposite, oh. you're fat like go die like yeah lose weight it's like oh it's yeah I'm that like that's just scratching the surface of some of the dams I've got I'm sure you're the same but like yeah you know do you have any tips for for other women I guess that have experienced online harassment because it's something that I find is also like it plays hand in hand with insecurity is you put yourself out there and, you know, someone might post, 
someone with like no followers, right, would post this empowering photo of themselves loving their body because they've been inspired by like, you know, you or or another curve model or or just public figure on the internet. But then they get absolutely torn to shreds from trolls and haters. Mm -hmm. You know, that Mm -hmm. isn't fair, but, you know, like how have you dealt with trolls and stuff um first of all that absolutely breaks my heart that anyone gets trolled like that like that is just awful and no one should have to deal with it but you know the reality is that people do deal with it and it does happen a lot um especially to bigger women yeah so I think I never want to put it back onto the person who's getting trolled because why should they have to censor themselves or whatever just so they don't get body shamed do you know what I mean yeah um but I think it's important to know before you do put something on the internet that there there will be people that disagree with you and that's 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 in everything you do in life um there will be people that disagree with you but when you put stuff like that on the internet there will be people that probably body shame you so I would say have that in the back of your mind that that might happen yeah have a good support network in real life and I guess just know that I always tell myself hurt people hurt people and that those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind so if someone is trolling you off an anonymous account or saying things to you about your body then they probably aren't the best people to have around you and surround yourself with that makes sense absolutely I also um always well when I first started social media I went into my Instagram settings and filtered out a bunch of words that I know trigger me yeah words and phrases um so that I don't see them because I know that they upset me yeah so yeah and I think that's a great feature that Instagram has like oh totally you know if they didn't have these kind of comment filtering systems then people are mean they are mean and they they do it purely to hurt you yeah and that's I think that's where I get so annoyed is that I'm like you would never say this to my face yeah like how dare you hide behind an anonymous account and and you know um I think the worst one that I got because I I guess I've built up a tolerance like that's so sad to say but I have built up a tolerance about getting body shamed on the internet um I think the worst one was when a girl from my high school accidentally sent a message to me that she, like, about me Ooh. to someone, like, she meant to send someone else. And that is the one that stung the most. Yeah. And that was years ago now. And I still think about that. Do you know, because um, it's, it's, it's like someone in your circle, like, even though yeah. you're not like best friends or whatever, it's someone that directly no, knows you. Like yeah. And like, but. Yeah, and that's the one that really stung the most. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. And I, I definitely go, you know, up and down. I can sit here all I want and say, oh, trolls don't bother me. But, you know, there's sometimes when they do, there's some when someone will say something really hurtful and it will penetrate my skin and I'm like, yeah, okay, that stung. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that the hardest, the hardest thing is to not listen to it, but that is the most effective thing as well. Yeah. Well... I think like one of the things that I love about your Instagram and, and I want to get away from the negative talk now, um, but it yeah. is your positive messages that you always seem to 
to be able to like convey and I've been loving your like positive mirror selfies where like you. you like write little saying or something on the mirror is there a reason yeah. like is there something that inspired you to do that because I think like your last one it went like so viral it got like 250,000 oh. likes or something <laughs> yeah went crazy um oh what inspired me I saw a girl putting like post-it notes on her mirror with inspiring quotes yeah and I was like that's a great idea and then to kind of I guess like make it my own I was like oh, I'll just write with lipstick quotes that inspire me um and something that I, I love about it is because I do tend to write like really long captions mm-hmm. and they take a lot of emotional effort like that is a lot of really putting yourself out there um so it's not something that I can do every single day but if I do find a quote that resonates with me just writing it and having it front and center focal point of the image um I think has been really powerful so it's always a nice little reminder to have like it's almost like an affirmation you know like you look at the mirror yeah fantastic pages like the girl that I got the quote from that went um viral what was her daylight illustrations yeah some amazing quotes so like I love following quote pages like that and then you know kind of taking that affirmation and having it front and center like it's still on my mirror now and I still look at it every morning so I think that's nice and I think it's something that everyone can do as well yeah absolutely I do want to move on just quickly I want to talk about the fashion industry in Australia, in particular, the clothing accessibility for plus sized women. (laughs) And like, when I talk about clothing accessibility, I'm talking about like fashionable clothing. And then I also want to talk a little bit about like sustainability Mm -hmm. and plus size fashion when it comes to clothes in Australia. And I feel like that Mm -hmm. is almost a whole other episode in itself we could literally talk about that um forever um but I guess like when I was when I was I think when I was like a size 18 I I struggled so hard to find clothes and like I love fashion and so it was just so depressing and like dehumanizing to not find be able to find anything or like yes um I definitely find that I actually went shopping with my friend on the weekend and it was the first time I'd been to a shopping center probably since the pandemic had kicked off yeah um but yeah I just I didn't even look Jen I didn't even like I couldn't be bothered because I know what the feeling is and I know that that happens every single time I'll go into a store oh they don't have that size oh yes sorry babe we only get one size 16 and it sells out straight away it's like oh no shit I've I've got that like you know permanently scarred into my brain um so yeah I didn't even look I get all my clothes online and that is the sad reality of it I mean I wish that I wish that brands would extend their sizing and I won't stop pushing for that. But I have been told time and time again, yeah, babe, we have a size 16 and it's stretchy. Do you just want to try it? I've been told that by so many brands and it's like, no, I don't. Like I'm not going to bloody go and wear your brand and promote your label if you don't even acknowledge that my size exists, you know? Yeah. 
I think that was my biggest um, thing. Like when Ashley Graham came for Vamp that that year, and there were like uh, five five or six brands that dressed her, but you know, found out later that they had custom made clothing for her. Yeah. And then when, <laughs> and then when I like, I had like dm'd nearly all of them because i was i was fuming i was like what the fuck like how can you post about being like diverse and inclusive and then not actually stock the size and the answer that i got from so many of them was actually we do stock a 16 or 18 or or we do stock a 14 but it's a big fit so you should be able to fit it like it's it's oversized or something like what's off yeah like are you kidding i got invited to a launch of something obviously before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would love to send you um, these clothes to wear. And I was like, oh, like what size do they go to? Oh, we go, I just laughed still. We go to a 14, but they're stretchy. <laughs> I was like, are you taking the piss? I remember, I remember we went to an event together in Sydney and you, I, I think I'd asked you like what you were wearing earlier that oh, and day and like you'd gone to the showroom and they like didn't have your sizes and you were like one of the invited guests and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to wear my own clothes because they don't actually have my size. And like yeah. you were one of the like VIP guests at the party. Yeah. <laughs> how many times I've like sat front row at something and I can't wear the designer. Yeah, and I'm like, just... why do I keep doing that? Like, why do I keep saying yes? It's like you're so flattered to get invited in the moment. You're like, oh my god, yes, that'd be so great to watch because, like you said, I love fashion. But then you're sitting there and you're like, oh, couldn't wear that. Oh, couldn't wear that even if I wanted to. Like, yeah. Well, I think oh, that comes down to like tokenism, and and you know, we talk so much about diversity, and like obviously, yeah. my my big thing is is racial diversity, but like yeah. also size diversity, and all of these brands like. They'll put, and, and, you know, I'm exposing the secrets of the fashion industry now, but like they'll put me or like put you in a campaign, but half of our clothing is cut at the back so that we can appear, (laughs) appear that we fit the clothing, but we don't actually fit the clothes. Like they just want like a plus size body in the clothes so that they can like sell, but they don't actually cater for us. Yes. If you don't cater and you don't actually acknowledge that we want to wear your clothes and that we look fucking great in them yeah like why are we still supporting those brands and then it comes down to like you know you kind of have to take what you can get like if a brand does do a size 16 and maybe they don't they're not diverse at all but it's something you want to wear because clothes are so like bloody scarce it's yeah. like oh my god I can fit that and it's fashionable I'm just gonna have to buy it do you know what I mean yeah well that's my um, whole that's that- my whole issue at the moment with with trying to work with brands that are kind of acting upon their promises after blackout tuesday which most brands aren't so i've just sent like emails to my agent being like yep so they uh have not actually done anything to change i don't want to work with them anymore and it's like but then they've also got really nice clothes and i want to wear nice clothes so at what point do i and then it like push my principles to the side just so that I can wear nice clothes and that's what they're banking on they're banking on the fact that there aren't any alternatives out there so we're almost like cornered into just still buying them yeah exactly that's how that's how they get by on doing the bare minimum um it's 2020 the bare minimum is not enough anymore 
It's time no, for action. Absolutely. And like you mentioned with sustainability before, I, I always get asked, you know, what's some sustainable plus size fashion or why don't you wear sustainable? And there is none. The simple answer is like, I can't. Yeah. If I could, I would. But unless I wear, you know, like a Hessian sack that I've made myself, that's all I can get. Yeah. You know? You'd look great in a Hessian sack though. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, yeah, unless unless I stop wearing clothes, then I can't really be sustainable as much as I want to and as much as I think sustainable fashion is fantastic and needed and fast fashion is gross. But it's like when all you can buy is fast fashion, like – what do you do? Yeah, that's like that's the whole issue with with sustainability and plus size fashion at the moment. But that's a definite conversation for another day. But absolutely, I've had such a great chat with you, and I'm going to leave it there because I think we've you covered too. everything I wanted to talk I about, and I think it's been fantastic. it's been a great and hopefully very informative conversation. I hope we haven't pissed off any clients. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I guess I've just got five quick rapid fire questions to ask you. Okay, so question number one, what is your favourite musical artist right now? Oh, Sam Smith. I can't go past him. Nice. Yeah, amazing. Um, What is a book that you think everyone should read? I am currently reading The Space Between by The Shameless Girls, who we just Mm -hmm. um, spoke about before. Um, by Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews. It is a book about being in your 20s and I think it is absolutely on point and fantastic. Amazing. Avro Toast or Blatt? What does that mean? Bacon lettuce. Oh. What is it? B-L-A. Yeah, yeah bacon lettuce. Well, B-L-T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B-L-T. I can't even. I'm like Blatt. <laughs> My brain's not working. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> Definitely B-L-T. <laughs> Um, what is one self-care routine you couldn't live without? Probably, is it too basic if I say doing my skincare? Because that's just like, I take like 20 minutes to myself just no, to like, I've I have no. My skincare routine is like 45 minutes now. I'm just like, Deeper I am going yet. to pamper the shit out of myself. I'm going to get the jade rollers out, the gua sha, oh, my yeah. little like electronic yeah. current shit. Like I am yeah. all over that. Yeah. yeah. I've got it all. I've got it all. And I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Um, and what is the weirdest skill you picked up in ISO? Weirdest skill I've picked up in ISO. Um, look, I wouldn't say it's weird, but it's weird for me because <laughs> like cleaning. <laughs> I'm such a messy person. And during ISO, I'm like, everything needs to be neat and perfect and clean. And it is so not me. So it's weird for me. It's so funny. Cause I, I feel like I'm the same, like, because I traveled so much, I literally describe my, and I think a lot of people that live the jet set lifestyle understand that you come in, you dump your stuff, you literally do like a hurricane swell around your apartment, you don't put anything yeah. away, and then you come back from your trip and you're like, oh, oh my God, my apartment is an absolute shit show. But yeah, because I, I was you. just around all the time, I was like, oh my God, I'm cooking and I'm making a yeah. mess. I'm like sleeping yeah. in, my, in my bed and I'm making mess. Like there was just mess everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, huh, got to clean. So I woke up cleaned. Oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> that's just the first thing I can think of is cleaning. <laughs> so, so weird for me. Well, no, but that's good. We know that, we know that your, your house is clean. You know, it's got to be it clean is. in COVID times. So, you know. It is during COVID. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a fun chat. I'm so glad.